Hey everyone, welcome to High School Hoop Scoop, where your hosts, Coach Dave Goosen and the legend, Bort Escoto, discuss everything related to and surrounding high school basketball. Okay. Hey everyone, welcome to the High School Hoop Scoop podcast. I am your host, Coach Dave Goosen, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, the legend, Bort Escoto. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, why don't you give us a quick update as to where things are at with you and LAUSD and, you know, anything you've heard in regards to the coronavirus and reopening and where are you guys at right now? Well, the things that I have heard uh, on my end for, for high school, pretty much all of high school, not just LA Unified, uh, some schools, private schools have been given clearance to return to practice, but those practices are not really practices. Um, I spoke with a couple of coaches this morning. They said they had their morning workouts and I pretty much told them you guys just ran sanitation drills because it was a lot of wiping of basketballs, <laughs> wiping the floor, a lot of towels, uh, washing the hands in between drills. And it was pretty much, how do you get anything done if you're stopping every five minutes to clean something? <laughs> but uh, some of the things that I've heard that's going to happen is 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 pretty much they're not going to allow high school to start probably not until January, which is, includes football as well, not just basketball, but all sports. And on the L.A. Unified side, we've been pretty much told we cannot enter the gym at all. Any any sports team cannot enter the school facilities until September, which means no football, which means yeah. they probably won't start until January. Uh, I know on the AAU side, the travel ball side, it's a bit different. Uh, they they uh, have been able to start, and I'm glad that they have. I've gotten videos from other coaches in other states that, you know, they, they have 13U going, 12U going. And I'm glad to see that. And, and I'm glad to, to, to know that, uh, you know, our today's guest uh, is not afraid to take the reins and, and push forward. Because at yeah. some point, we just got to play. At some point, we got to get back to normal. We can't stay in the house all day. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Well, I can tell you from my end, um, as you, as you know, you know, I coach in Conejo Valley Unified School District over at Thousand Oaks High School. And right now we are in what they're calling reopening, which is uh, pretty much a whole lot of nothing. Um, a ton of restrictions. We have to be 12 feet apart if we're indoors, six feet apart if we're outdoors. We can't use any equipment, including not having the kids bring their own balls. I've heard of some private schools where you know the kids are bringing their own balls but in Conejo Valley Unified no equipment we have to keep proper spacing um, and the kids have to have um, a current physical uh, on file and they have to sign two different waivers and we have to take their temperatures we have to keep a log and really all this like you say to do really nothing you know we can't use any equipment we can't use any basketballs um, so I know a lot of coaches at Thousand Oaks and even in our school district um, are saying that they're probably going to wait until at least phase two, where um, maybe we can use some equipment. At least the kids can bring their own. But in my opinion, everything I've heard and read, you know, it's not really going to look like real basketball as we know it until at least phase three, maybe phase four, which, like you said, probably won't be until at least the fall. And, um, you know, hopefully sooner, but, uh, 
you know, I, I don't know. You know, everything is just so up in the air right now. It's, you know, it's really frustrating. The kids, the parents, everybody's, you know, just ready to go. As you mentioned, um, and that's going to lead into our special guest today, um, on the AU side, um, things seem like they're going a little bit faster than the uh, high school side. Uh, as you guys know, I have my own club team, the Venom. Uh, you know, we just have a 13U team, and we just started practicing last week. There are no gyms open for us. The, the gyms that we usually use are not open. So we practiced outdoors at a park and I had like 10 or 12 kids showed up and, uh, you know, we did, you know, I brought a, a bottle of hand sanitizer and I had them hand, you know, use it before practice and during any water breaks and after practice. But, you know, we're, we're trying to, you know, get back to, uh, you know, some semblance of, you know, something looking like basketball. Um, and like, like you said, Borden, I know you've said this on, on episodes, uh, before, you know, eventually we got to get back to, you know, life and, uh, you know, we can't sit and hide in our houses forever. And, uh, you know, we, we got to get going. Um, anyhow, that leads me to our special guest today. I'm super excited. Um, he's somebody that I've known for, uh, a long time and have always had a ton of respect for. Um, in terms of his uh, events and his travel teams. And I know, uh, you know, he's very well known, very well respected. And I'm super excited to have him on our podcast today. And I'd like to welcome uh, Dinos, Dinos Dragonis. Hey, thank you very much. Glad to be here. So, Dinos, tell us um, uh, one thing uh, I, I want to mention to our li listeners is Dinos is um, – uh, always ahead of the curve and he uh held if not the first i believe it was the first uh event um since the coronavirus so dinos tell us a little bit about uh you know what led up to that and how it went and uh you know um all the events surrounding you know kind of getting things back to as normal as possible well, I uh, started three different leagues in three different areas that were uh, reopened for uh, youth sports. Uh, well, first of which was Arizona in the Phoenix area on, on back in June uh -huh. 4th. And then Iowa the week after, and then Utah the week after that on June 15th. So things are going pretty good. We're, we're uh, <clears throat> making it a safe environment for the kids, uh, requiring masks from everybody that, that – uh, uh, Um, everybody signs a waiver. We have plenty of hand sanitizer uh, for those coming in and coming out. We um, have the kids wash their hands before and after games and sanitize the court uh, after every game, and as well as the spectating areas. It's gone pretty. It's gone pretty good. We haven't had any complaints or any um, uh, episodes of any problems. And I'm here in Phoenix right now, finishing the last. Uh, day of the Arizona League, believe it or not, uh, which ran for about three and a half weeks. Uh, tomorrow will be the last day of that. And uh, uh, for the most part, it's gone, it's gone fairly well. I, and like you said, at some point, I think we get caught up very often in, between two choices when there's more than two choices. And it's not a choice between being hiding under your mattress for, mm -hmm. for a year or being totally reckless. I think there's a middle ground here that we're going to have to live with this thing in the short term and live with it in a very safe as possible way. And that's probably the best course because um, 
I think we're going to have to fight this thing and um, preserve our economy as best we can and the mental and physical health of our kids. And yeah, well, I agree. Well, Dino, so I, Dino, so I wanted to ask you, uh, first of all, I want to commend you for being the first guy to get out there and, and get the ball rolling. Yes, absolutely. Somebody, somebody's got to do it. And I'm, and I'm glad to see that you're doing it. How do you think, though, this is going to affect, you know, if they, if they have some, some AU season and then there is no high school season and it's kind of hit and miss everywhere, how do you think this is going to affect the kids, especially the ones going into their senior year trying to get a scholarship? Well, it's already severely affected them. And obviously the people that have, have played and have played well have really benefited because they've been the object of a lot, probably much more attention than they would have. I'll give you an example of a kid in, in um, Arizona who's a guard who's probably a top 75 to 125 player prior to the, to the summer. And he's played so well in this league. He's got a USC offer now. After the league started Auburn, San Diego State, Boston College, and many others. And he's used it not just for the exposure, because we have all our games are live streamed for, for fans, spectators, and college coaches as well. But he also used it to gain confidence going now when, when everybody starts getting going nationwide at some point here, most likely. Um, he'll be ahead of the curve and already in game shape, both uh, physically and mentally. So I think it's, but it's affected a lot of these kids who haven't, haven't had a chance to be seen or under the radar, and it's kind of thrown everybody for a loop. I know the NCAA uh, Basketball Oversight Committee, which has uh, Jamie Dixon, who's originally yeah. from the Valley and went to Notre Dame High School yeah. there in Sherman Oaks and was a very successful college coach at Pitt and now at TCU. He's on that committee, Phil Martelli from St. Joe's, and now who's assistant Michigan and Quanzo Martin. They tried to get two um, – uh, live periods for both the what they call scholastic and non-scholastic. Scholastic meaning high school team, non-scholastic meaning AAU teams or travel teams. And the, the Division One Council, the ultimate decision maker, uh, last week delayed it because they were not sure what was going on with these reports of certain spikes across the country. And some of these football teams are already reporting guys that are testing positive. Yeah. So there, uh, it looks like the uh, the August period they were planning on having with the non-scholastic seems to be out. Uh, they were planning another non-scholastic on Labor Day weekend. I would put that chance at 25 to 50%. So there may not be a, a live period for coaches. These coaches are going to have to rely on, are going to have to rely on yeah. uh, uh, film or live stream or people they trust high school coaches, scouts, et cetera, they trust on opinions because they're uh, they're pretty much shooting darts in the dark, so to speak. And it's hurt a lot of kids, and we'll see how it plays out. But it's just, it's just, it's just a bad thing all around, and it seems like there's no uh, no common sense here. There's obviously a big momentum to get the high school coaches involved. And I would be long before – they started the June scholastic period last year. I was long been a proponent for having a two week period uh, for, for division one coaches to come watch these kids with their high school teams in June. They finally did it, but they went about it the wrong way. Instead of doing it in a way that's fair to all the high school players and the high school teams, 
they made it contingent on what states allowed and what mm -hmm. states didn't. And for some people that have money to travel, the private schools that might have big booster clubs that can travel to a state like Arizona last year, yeah. they were okay. A lot of public schools that didn't have the money, right. they were out of luck. And I had this conversation with Bill Martelli. There's got to be a fair system. If you're going to do things, then open it up to the entire country. Make it fair to all the teams, high school teams, all the high school players, and do it in a way that it has some sense of fairness to all the college coaches, too. Because in many cases, as you guys know, a lot of smaller Division One schools primarily recruit regionally and right. not nationally. If there's no events in their region, they're at a disadvantage versus other schools that may have a ton of stuff right. in their region. It's just not a well-thought-out process. And at some point, after all these years, I'm waiting to find out and find somebody you know, in the hierarchy there that can figure out that a one-size-fits-all scenario is not the best approach. And you're having a lot of factors here, too, where the NABC, and I've been on a conference call with them about two weeks ago, it seems like they, they are allowing one part of their membership, the very elite program coaches, dictate what happens for yeah. everybody else. And this is one example of what's going on now with this. You guys heard it last week, the deferment. That deferment was being pushed by older coaches at major elite schools like Syracuse and Duke that don't want to go out right. with the road. You know what I mean? And they don't want to go out on the road, and, and they're hindering the Cal State Northridges the Southern Utahs, the Northern Arizonas, the Cal State Fullerton, and they're hurting those programs who obviously have to see a, a ton more players than the ACC or Big Ten or uh, or Big East powerhouses. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like, uh, you know, you've definitely been at the forefront of that, and, you know, we appreciate, uh, and I know a lot of the, you know, high schools and, and even at the, at the university level, a lot of the smaller schools really appreciate all of your efforts. Um, let me ask you this. So right now we know that there are certain areas, you know, Arizona, Utah, you know, that are, you know, allowing these events. What is your gut feeling in terms of when you think, um, because obviously our show is based in California. I know you're based in, in Long Beach in California. Um, when do you foresee things starting to open up in California? Well, I think what's happened, I think Orange County, where a lot of these mega court gyms are, the the um, they're further ahead as far as their opening. And I, know, I understand also Long Beach as well. Even though Long Beach is part of L.A. County, <clears throat> they have their own health department, and they the mayor there, Robert Garcia, has indicated he, he prefers to be judged differently than the rest uh -huh. of the county. So Long Beach has opened bars and, and gyms and fitness centers recently nail salons. I'm actually having an event in Long Beach uh, both Saturday and Sunday on a one-court facility. A showcase on Saturday grade by grade and the team travel teams on a Sunday, one of six games for travel teams. And uh, so it's, it's kind of a small, it's not at a mega facility. We're going to have all the precautions that I'm, that I'm having in all the uh, other states and I, I think i think i think right now people have, are being allowed to, to work out i know in orange county at, at these bigger places i know um the map in garden grove is now open they're, they're open for workouts and certain skill development sessions 
I think around July 1st, I think that they're going to be open for competition uh, pending uh, any further developments that would go to the contrary. I know I saw an announcement the, the Ladera Sports Center in South Orange County. They've announced an opening in July 6th. So I would assume that the first week in July, you'll see teams start playing in California. But obviously, it's not going to be the same way where you're going to have 25 courts right. going at once. Um like you, like you would at the Anaheim Sports Center, there may have they may have to be at half capacity. So if the place has eight courts, there may have to be four courts right. going on. And obviously, what I also do for these leagues is, is I don't. It's typically not open to the general public. I allow one to two parents per player to come in, uh, and, and they pay the admission fee to come in. So in generally, uh, my events are not necessarily open uh-huh. to the public. They're basically they're open to the essential people involved, the players, the staff, the, the, the referees. My referees in Arizona, they wear a mask when they referee, believe it or not. So they're, they're the only people that aren't wearing masks are the players during their games. And when they're not playing, they have to wear a mask. So um, that's where I think I think the smaller facilities, smaller events, I think have a better chance of having some traction uh, in the short term. I know Vegas will probably be open by next month uh-huh. as well. I'm having some events there in the beginning of August and moving my All-American camp to Vegas at the end of August. I don't know. Their schools are opening in mid-August, and they're going back on campus, what I was told. So I'm not sure what's going on with California. <clears throat> but that's what the conversation I had also, going back to your original point that oh. Mort brought up, with the lack of access for high school coaches to their facilities. How does the NCAA – calendar committee expect coaches like Bort to field teams to travel to Arizona to Vegas wherever if they can't even get into their right. high school gym it doesn't make sense and it's almost like the National Federation is in the room with these guys and because they want to have a I hate to use the word I apologize a dick swinging contest between the AAU and the high schools they're, they're saying oh you're going to give them this weekend we need a weekend Instead of saying, hey, what's best for everybody involved here? Maybe we can squeeze one AAU weekend. The high school season starts. A high school year starts here mid-August to September. There was a planned evaluation period that runs from September 9th to March 15th. Why is there a need for another scholastic period when you have one coming up and then you take the glow, you take the reins off? You let them go to every gym they want. If they want to watch sports team in practice, right. they can do it. If they want to want, well, they want to watch sports scrimmage, one of his friends at another high school, let them do it. If they want to watch sports team play in a fall league, yep. let them do it. And stop all this little ego, you know, childish. Oh, daddy, he got one. I need yep. to get one. No, it's not about that. But doing what's best and what's fair for everybody involved, so the coaches especially the ones that don't have private jets that can jump on on a moment's notice or don't have unlimited recruiting budgets where they can somehow compete fairly to the degree possible. And the kids who need the exposure the most that can be seen. And then what's going to happen here, if they're not careful, they're going to end up constructing a system to where when board gets the next Tyler Honeycutt, he won't, he won't keep him for a year. That kid will be filled pressure to go to a power school. 
if everything is, is pushed to that level, if the power schools are the only ones being seen at these at these huge visibility high school tournaments, what where is the incentive for a good high school player like Tyler Honeycutt to stay in his neighborhood school? That's that's the side effect that these guys are. It's already going in that direction. As yes. you know, sport. But 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 there, it's almost like they it's already going in that direction, and then they want to. It's not enough for them. They want to stick a foot up your ass at the yeah. same time. It's yeah, stop, man. I, I it's agree 100 percent with what you said. And, and and like you said, they're making things really difficult. There is no common sense. There's more than enough time for AAU to have their thing, for high school to have their thing. More than enough time. Uh, and, and they're making it really difficult. And what's hard for us is that let's say you have a tournament in Vegas in July. I'm not allowed to practice. They tell me you can go to Vegas. You can play in the tournament, but I can't practice. And my and my kids haven't been together since since the playoffs. So what do we our choices are what? We just show up and play with no practice and kids have never worked out because that we are not allowed to use our own gym. So it, it the common sense to me in, in these organizations is just absolutely ridiculous. I, I agree hundred percent. No, and also the, the National High School Federation. Instead of spending all this time trying to dictate to the NCAA who gets seen when, why don't they get together with all the 50 states and, and come together on some type of, of, of mutual you know, framework and mutual agreement where it's consistent to where all the states are on the same level when it comes to this recruiting thing? Is there these certain areas we're going to allow? We want you to allow, like at the end of June, we want all states to allow high school teams to participate at the end of June. Please adjust your rules and regulations so that happens. They're wasting so much time trying to, to trying to get in a trying to have a fighting a, a contest about who's more important than they are about creating a system that's going to help all the coaches and put everybody on a fair a fair platform. And it's just, it's just a total, I think, a lack of waste of time on their part. And because they're they're affecting real change to happen, and real decisions to be made, because they won't let the AAU windows open unless they get something yeah. out of the deal. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it, 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 it's it, it's creating confusion, and it's causing delay. And the reality is, we may not get a, a live period for live. That might have to be in the cards for all we know. We don't know what the next one week, four weeks, two months are gonna. Dictate. I know you said earlier it may not start till January now. But at the end of the day, or I propose um, an article on my Nothing But Net website, when I, some of these same ideas that we talked about, I propose that the National Letter of Intent Day be moved back. That what's normally in November should be moved back to January, February, because that whole Letter of Intent calendar date is predicated on having an April live period. Which right. didn't happen. It's predicated on having a June high school period, right. which didn't happen. It's predicated on having a July evaluation period, which didn't happen. If those things didn't happen, then why are you keeping the national letter of intent date the same? They should have the whole high school season be relevant for those guys to recruit and not give the advantage to people who have been unable to recruit because of the coronavirus and move that back, make the high the whole high school season relevant. 
maybe allow one more coach on the road, maybe allow, uh, instead of having three or four, let their Dobo, Dobo director of basketball operation or video coordinator, whoever the head coach of that college assigned, let them go out and watch guys during the high school season as well. And there's a lot of common sense available here. Why they, they don't grab it is mind-boggling. Yeah, I've never understood. To me, the more exposure, the better. I, I've never understood limiting exposure in terms of the number of coaches, the, 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 the dates and everything. I mean, especially as, as a dad, you know, uh, my, you know, Dino's, my son is uh, going into eighth grade. He's going to be in high school soon. You know, he's a pretty good player already at his age. So, you know, hopefully he's, you know, gets to the point where he's being recruited as a dad. It would frustrate me to no end to know that, you know, there's limited uh, opportunities for exposure for my son. Um, and I know he would be frustrated too. So. It's, it's, it's really an, it's really an antitrust yeah. type of issue so far. Nobody's had the problem here is they've dared people to sue them on that. And unfortunately to, to, to have any type of, of, of start on that type of lawsuit, you're going to need about a hundred to 200 grand up front to get a, to get the right attorney to take that case because the NCAA is notorious for dragging litigation yeah. out. And, and they'll, the longer they drag it, the more costly it's going to be. And then they're going to try to wait you out until you have run out of money to pay yep. your lawyers to where they can they can basically hold the ball like Dean Smith, yep. so to speak. So, but, but it is an anti – I think the ultimate goes down to what, the, what I've been told by a lot of these NCAA people. The current system they have is based upon one concept. They don't trust the coaches. And one time I told an NCAA official, what kind of system is that? What kind of system is it that if you can't trust the coaches, if you can't have any honor system there, there's nothing wrong with holding people accountable. If you're off the bat thinking every coach is corrupt, off the bat, you have no system. It's not a workable system. It's a bullshit system. And that's part of the problem. And they're going to have to get away from that. And, and that's well, Dinos, aren't you a lawyer by trade? Can we use you as our lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it would take a lot, a lot, a lot of litigation, <laughs> man. But, but but there are there are people. Do, but a long time ago, there wasn't a there wasn't a calendar, and why they got away from that, I don't think there's any more or less cheating now than it was then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I- we have reached the end of part one of our interview with AAU guru Dinos Trigonis. Please tune in to our next episode, which will be part two of our interview with Dinos. Thanks for tuning in.